Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. And actually, it's not the morning, it's the Monday Afternoon Recap today, the way things worked out. A couple meetings going on for all of us, actually. But here we are, usually gets posted in the afternoon anyway. Great to have you guys here. Um, Missionary Tara Matthews is not with us today, um, but that's okay. So want to check where you guys at with Christmas shopping update from last week. There technically should be no update for you, Pastor Jamal, but... Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Okay. I mean, well, technically, I'm not done, but I'm done. Like, I have it. What does that mean? It means I have everything. No, I know what that means. Yes. I just need to finish some things up, wrap some things up. They're not wrapped and ready to give. Well, that's a nice place to be, though. So I am at the point where, like, most of my stuff has, like, I, I've, I've bought most of my stuff. Uh, and I'm just, I have, like, two things, I think, that hopefully, hopefully, today will be done later today. Nice. I, uh, I'm i probably 95%. I need to get one more thing for my mom, something I was looking for that I, whatever, I got to go somewhere. And, oh, one thing I ordered did not come in I uh, got lost so I gotta like call Amazon and the price went up since I bought it so I gotta be like yeah, hey you know whatever but uh, other than that I think we're we have everything or I'm waiting for it to come in but it's all ordered if I didn't already buy it in the store so it'll all be arriving this week although I don't know how pushed back things will be because we are apparently getting a large Christmas snowstorm this week <laughs> y- yeah uh of course, it falls on a Wednesday, so like I'm trying to figure out like our preteen Christmas party. What's going to happen with that? Because you know, if there's nobody here and I'm just sitting here with my own hot chocolate, that's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if we don't have church, we can uh, we'll post the podcast up. So for those of you listening before Wednesday, way to go! Because then we'll be like, listen to the podcast because there's no church tonight. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I woke up this morning. I was like, hey, um, I told Rebecca, I'm like, it was late last night. I, I just want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say it was something like 11 inches of snow this Wednesday here? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I did hear you right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like, kind of like, this is why, like, I like snow, but why I don't like snow. Because when I have to make a decision about do I cancel, do I do it? And I know as soon as we decide, oh, we're going to cancel, it's not going to snow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you that's know? How it works. So, Yeah, but I feel like 11 inches is like... That's a light. That's light work. That's nothing. Eleven inches is not even a foot. You know, that's easy. eleven inches. <laughs> that's not even a foot. It's like that's light work. I could understand if you were like saying, "Yo, we got three feet of snow coming." I'd be like, "Okay, cool." Like one foot is nothing. You could you could shovel that out pretty easily. I think part of the problem though is that one in, that that eleven inches is coming when people are going to be driving to church. Yeah, actually, that'd be the that's the bigger issue. Yeah, I think is when because if it's the morning. And you can remove it, then it's not an issue. But that's a good point. So, uh, also, let's let's acknowledge that this morning Google let us all down. Google let us all down. Oh, that's true. They crashed worldwide this morning, and um, I couldn't turn on my lights because I use Google to turn on my lights. <laughs> yeah, seven o'clock. Like YouTube didn't work on my iPad on my computer but it did work on Rebecca's phone so I don't know how 
that happened. Yeah, so I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm about to spin a conspiracy. So here's what I think. <clears throat> I think it may be related to the fact that there was a big cyber attack this week on the U.S. Treasury and other federal agents agencies. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if Google was also attacked and they just don't want to admit it or. Well, I was telling you earlier that I was watching Canon's website for a while about getting a camera lens. And for about a month, it was down because they were hacked. Uh, and it was the website was being held for ransom by these cyber hackers. And they, it was like the sixth or seventh company in a series of large companies that that that's what they did. So, um, so I guess that could definitely be possible. Yeah. Anonymous, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think they're saying it's all Russia, but... Russia does everything anymore, so. <laughs> All right, well, I want to continue with week two of a Christmas quiz for you guys. So these are a few different ones that I kind of opened up, and we'll see how you guys do. And if you're listening, you can listen up as well to the Christmas quiz, see how well you know it. Let's start with some true or false that I have. I almost went here last week. So, true or false, the Bible says Jesus was born in December. False. What? Wait, what? How confident <laughs> are you in that answer? Um, pretty confident. It doesn't give it doesn't say uh, it doesn't say December. All right, great. So, yeah, there you yeah. go. That's yeah, like it doesn't say anything. Oh, once again, yeah, you just blew got away. You just blew them. away my whole Christmas. Yeah. No. I don't know. No, no. We celebrate in December. Okay, so true or false? Christmas wasn't celebrated for over 300 years after Jesus died. True or false? I'm going to say true. Yeah, I'm also going to say true. True is correct. The first Christmas was celebrated on December 25th, 336 AD, according to this Christmas quiz that I have. So I didn't actually really research this that mm. much. So I may have to come back. All right. The story, uh, true or false? The story of the little drummer boy is found in the book of Mark. I'm going to, I'm. you know what? Let's spice it up. True. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Who's the Bible <laughs> scholar among us? Okay. No. <laughs> False. The Little Drummer Boy is a fictional story. That's not now, true. No, now the story I'm going to find it. Now I'm gonna the story of Dominic the Donkey. You know that song, right? That's in the Bible. That's <laughs> in there. That's Dominic the Donkey is the donkey that Mary rode, right? That's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wait, I want to. Uh, wait, what book Hezekiah. again? Matthew. Book of Hezekiah. In the book of Matthew. Book of Mark. Mark. That's I'm going to find a verse to support my argument. The little drummer boy. All right. <laughs> I'm going to find a verse to support my argument. He was um, part of the angel choir. <laughs> yes, that it. That's my verse. <laughs> that's my verse. That the angels, when they began to sing, one of the shepherds. One of, one of the angels was like, "Give me a beat." Yeah, and <laughs> one of like, the shepherds was like, "I got you." The first official beatbox that happened. So <laughs> I. Drummer boy. So that's a, that's that's my story. Was he a shepherd boy who helped the angels out, or was he a little angel drummer boy? No, he was a shepherd because okay. you know what I'm saying because the angels. No, the angels, they just were like, yo, that, we, they got the vocals. They got the vocals on lock. The that, drummer that's boy how is, he directed his sheep, right? Playing the drums yeah, and yeah. they all marched. Because he has the staff. <laughs> he was like, yo, toss me that other staff. Let me show you something. <laughs> he actually, no. Something. He took his staff, broke it over his knee into two parts, and then began. <laughs> he was like, yo, newborn? Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. That's, that's, my, that's my verse. 
that's and what, that's what Mark says. <laughs> yes, Mark. <laughs> the Gospel of Mark. In the original Greek, it says that. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, our modern Bibles. Okay, uh, true or false, Mary had other children after Jesus. True. 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 That is true. Mark 6.3 seems to suggest Jesus had brothers and sisters because he calls them brothers and sisters. If you're Catholic, you may have a problem with that. Uh, they like to maintain that Mary did not have any other children besides Jesus. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know I didn't that. Know. I, I thought they. I thought if you were a Catholic, you would acknowledge it brothers and sisters but they were also immaculately like no no yeah they to preserve her virginity as far as i understand like the catholic view is that um he yeah she didn't have any more children i guess my personal opinion is because you know sex is like oh oh, like she's above that or something well then it it doesn't preserve her virginity right you know so i guess that's the huge yeah so and then the the argument used the number one argument is um, that at the cross when Jesus said to John, like, hey, you know, to watch over his mother Mary, like how insulting that would have been if he actually had siblings. But it's like one, I think Jesus was pretty good at insulting people and didn't (laughs) care. (laughs) And two, like that doesn't explain the verse where it says my brothers, his brothers and sisters. Right. They they would say that could also mean cousins. I think that's usually the Catholic uh, response to that. There's also the verses. The verses um, right before he goes to the the tabernacle, um, the the feast of tabernacles, I believe it is, John chapter eight. Um, he's talking to his brothers are making fun of him. They're like, "Oh, aren't you going to go up and worship? You know, and have your yes. followers be there with you?" Yeah. So. I don't know. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to go. But then he goes, wait, did Jesus lie? Did he lie about having oh, brothers? No, did he because lie about, Church did he change his mind? Jesus? Oh, there you go. He changed his mind. I like oh, that. That's better. That's better. That's better. Yeah, <laughs> I got nervous. I got nervous. I got nervous. Yeah, he probably changed his mind. He's like, no, I'm not going to go. And then he's like, yeah, I guess I'll go. Yeah. Oof, that was almost bad. <laughs> almost Pastor Jamal up. was about to give up his credentials Bro, right there. <laughs> theology about to get destroyed. Well, this is why we go over this. We just want to make sure we're on point here. So how about this? A little more. A uh, little next level now, not true or false. Got another answer. How many days after the birth of Christ did Joseph and Mary give him the name Jesus? How many days after he was born did he get the name Jesus? So I think I know kinda, this. I think it, I know is, this. We call this a deep cut. Okay. It's, it's a scripture deep cut. Deep cut. It, it wasn't eight days, is it? It is eight days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yes, is. Because it it's when they're it's when they're circumcised. Oh, yeah. when he goes to the named, and he was he followed the Jewish law. And he yes. saw so. Sim, um, Simeon, not Simeon. What is the guy's name? Yeah, yeah. It is Simeon. Is it Simeon? It's uh, yeah, because he's the one who had. Yeah, I think he, so. Yeah, because he sees him in the temple, and then he starts to glorify mm, the Lord right. because he was promised that he would be able yeah, to that see. He yeah, he would see. The, I think that's yeah, I think when it yeah, specifically Simeon. just mentions. Him. Okay, I think okay, that's okay, his, that's it, okay. His part of the deal there. Mm, that was yeah. So. That's what I, I look know. at that credentials renewed. Of the four gospels, only one does not say anything about Christ's birth or beginning. Which gospel is that? Mark. That is correct. It is Mark. Yeah. Because uh, so Matthew and Luke both give us, you know, details, accounts of Jesus' birth. John, I mean, if you're going to be technical here, John 1, 4, uh, one fourteen says the word was made flesh and dwelt oh, among okay, us. Okay, so you're okay. kind of giving. So I, no, I was thinking it's about. It's a theological y- work. Yeah, but no. yeah. I was thinking, wait, no, John doesn't talk about his 
birth per mm. se. That's why I was confused for a second. Right, but yeah. I know but it does talk about his coming into the world. Yes. Right. So okay, so okay. these are some user submitted questions. Maybe I should should write my own, I guess, in the future. But user right. submitted. Here's another one. Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married when he learned that Mary was pregnant. What was his response to this bit of news? Uh, he was going to divorce divorce her quietly. So as not to bring shame on her. Correct. That's right. Yes. Wanted to break off the engagement. Uh, scripture says that he was a righteous man. So, yeah, he didn't want to shame her. Okay. Let's do like, um, let's do another one or two here. Uh, to whom did Luke write his gospel? What purpose guided his writing? Theophilus. His name is Theophilus. And I think... Um, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but like in the beginning of Acts, he says in my former book, you know, I wrote about all the things that Jesus Christ had done to give testimony unto the fact that he was the one true son of God, I believe. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm spitballing here now. So. And I think his purpose was to provide all the evidences that Jesus was who he said he was. Yeah, the yeah. Messiah. I think he... As the doctor of the group, I think his goal was to accurately document you know, scientifically or whatever, you know, scientific mm -hmm. is what they had at the time, but. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he wanted to instruct him in the faith uh, that he knew of. That, well, he was a Christian, and he's like, hey, let me, well, I'll write this down for you, and uh, there's more you could say about it, but yeah, yeah, that's it. So writing it together for him. All right, and how about this last one for today? According to the Bible, which animals were specifically mentioned as being present in the stable when Jesus was born? Is this a trick question? It may be a trick question. Well, I was about to say I that. don't think the Bible mentioned any specific animals, did it? That is correct. No specific <laughs> animals are mentioned. Dude, I got nervous. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this is a mean one. This one, there's a couple of these questions are a little mean. One was like, uh, what, like, did the angels sing this thing? And, and, and you're like... Yeah, I think they did. And it's like, no, they said it. They didn't sing it. I'm like, okay. Oh, so they're getting uh, like, this is, this is dumb. Yeah, this is so sorry. Maybe that's a little too. No, 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 no. That's that's good because I think sometimes too we sing Christmas songs, and sometimes we're like, oh, this is how it was at at the nativity. You know, you know, like no crying he made. I'm pretty sure. Oh, if right. he was really fully a baby, he was crying. Yeah, you that's know? a good like, point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and no. So even the as cattle far as are animals, lowing, it makes sense for animals to have been there. It was, uh, you know, what do you call it? It was a stable. It was it's where animals right. would have been. Yeah. But the Bible technically doesn't mention it, but most likely there were some. All right, cool. Sorry for the except for Dominic kind of the spirited Christmas quiz there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna screen these better next time. No, 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 that's, no, that was a good question. I thought it was fine. I think that was a good. Right. Okay, so we had a couple audio messages come in. I'm gonna play them both for you. Uh, let's first listen to this one. Uh, user submitted. Um, here's what it says. I just wanted to say that I love the sound of Pastor Todd's voice. Um, I'm just commenting from your conversation at the beginning of the podcast today. I could listen to Pastor Todd's voice all day long. Yes, I could. I love it. Um, actually, I adore Pastor Todd in general. This is Mrs. Pastor Todd. <laughs> you got a real fan there. Nice. I'm Some not sure, but that might have been biased. Oh man, got clout. Build I, that clout, bro. I did not pay her, by the way. <laughs> you build that clout. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a true Dang. fan there. Yo, like, you got listen. Day one. Listen, I will take it wherever I can get it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. I get you. I feel it. That that Christmas gift better be on point now though. <laughs> she definitely she definitely was like, I could listen to that voice all day. So yeah. you better come correct. I used a cr- coupon, so I think my gift is on point. She's like, Oh, coupon. All right. Make sure that, make sure that <laughs> I don't even care what it is, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> How much money did you save? <laughs> I, I saved money, sweetie. <laughs> All right, okay, so we actually did have another one come in as well. Um, so let me play that one for you guys, and we can uh, talk about it. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. So question for you about the Nephilim. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, anyway, what is one of your Christmas traditions, whether with your current family now or growing up? Yeah, love to hear about it. Hope you guys have a great day. All right, so that was Tara. Don't <laughs> know. She's not here today, but still got her voice in. Nice, Tara. Great to hear awesome. from you, Tara. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, there. yep. Um, so when it comes to the Nephilim, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get an official submitted question. <laughs> Oof, I'm not touching it. Great question, though. Christmas traditions that you guys have, uh, family, you know, growing up, I guess, or even ones that you have now with your family you've started. So you. Well, I, I I don't think I have any um, specific, but um, I maybe have to, maybe I guess latched on to Phyllis's family's kind of Christmas traditions. They sing, they sing Christmas songs that. Oh wait, do we have kids that listen to this podcast? I I don't know what the age many. range is, but I'm probably not. not okay, just, parents right? Maybe I don't know. Kids be taking their you know, kids be taking parents' iPads and cell phones I, you know telling but you know just you know spoiler alert uh so my wife and her siblings they grew up and they would sing songs that were very much like hey christmas is uh kind of like this type of holiday but santa claus is not real you know this stuff is not this is kind of like fairy tale this is you know imaginary and make-believe and so they have this song that they sing and when they get together man they belt it and they sing it like like it, it's like like they killed him man, maybe? They, huh they sing it like they killed him and no celebrating? no it's just like <laughs> you know I, one whenever you get a chance you get you bump into her just ask her hey can you can you sing me a couple lines from the songs that you guys sing on you but like one of the lines is like there's no old chris there's no old man chris kringle so don't believe that jingle there's no such thing as santa claus like it's literally oh, wow. like yeah so it's like this whole thing wow yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's why i was like do you guys listen to this because i don't want to be i don't want to get people in trouble but so if y'all was well, now the, that you broke the ice i feel like you can say whatever now, well so. i mean but if people are listening to this while they're driving when their kids are in the car sorry oops <laughs> well, they had a couple seconds window there where it's you- true i felt like you could kind of feel the tension as i was building but anyway um yeah, so they sing that and they get to get man, they sing it and they sing it like they got like beats and everything. It's crazy. So like, I got I just clap along. I don't know the words, but my wife was like, "You should learn it." Now, like, is it a song that they wrote? Yeah, it's a song that they oh, wrote. Yeah. Okay. So like, they kind of like put they just put it together and they're like, "This is what it is." Like, I'm like, I mean, you're not wrong. I just it's crazy. Like, that's, let, me, let me just say this. So I, I'm not that doesn't bother me so much because like I didn't grow up believing Santa actually, but um. <laughs> Just makes me think of one time in youth group. I did say something about like you know Santa not being real, blah blah. Okay, after youth group, one of the parents that were there, they were youth leader at the time. They were like, "Oh man, you know, uh, it's a good thing their mom told them last week. Otherwise, she would have had a real problem with you this week at, at youth group, Matt." And I was like, 
I don't know. You're how like she's a senior in high school. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to run a youth ministry <laughs> if I need to consider this topic mm. as like real. And then I was also like, you know, uh, I don't know, like newsflash, your kids like have known that for a while, and there's a lot more that they know. Mm. If that's what you think that right. they are at yeah. at like that age, I'm like, oh my god. All right, now here's the difference between youth ministry and kids. I do not broach that topic mm-hmm. at I all. Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. different. No, that's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, my kids aren't like driving, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So th- yeah, that's a topic I wouldn't. In fact, I'm so careful ar- around Christmas time to, to skirt that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because everyone has a different. Mm-hmm. You know, some parents are like, "No, nah, I'm not telling my kids anything about Santa because it's not about." And then other parents are like, "Yeah, yeah, my kids, ble-. you know." So I, I so yeah, for I you to be the one, I'm just, I'm just like, so I should not send my kids to kids church next week and say, "Ask Pastor Todd if Santa Claus is real." And I'll be like, you know what? Let's talk about that after service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. see, that's a veteran move right there. You already know. You 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 got it prepped. You're ready to dodge at any given moment. That's a vet move right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it after church. That's good. That's that's that's. You know what? We'll come back to that. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> so, family tradition. Uh, growing up, one of the things that uh, I really loved doing is our church used to go the Wednesday before uh, Christmas. Our church would always go to some of the local nursing homes and sing Christmas carols, and then we'd meet back. Everybody would drive their own cars. We'd meet there. We'd sing. We'd walk around the place singing. And then we'd always meet back at the church for hot chocolate and cookies. And actually, the pastor's daughter just um, actually Facebooked me something like that when she was like, oh, because my birthday was last week. So she was like, oh, happy birthday. And, you know, I really miss some of the days that we used to do, you know, you know, yeah, doing those things. And so we had, you know, kind of quickly mentioned that. So that was one of my things that I loved doing. Like that was like Christmas is here and it's like here, here now because we, we did that and um. So that's one of the traditions I used to really love. Nice, yeah. Um, I guess we have a few. Like Christmas Eve is a big deal in my family, <coughs> which I guess I think it's like kind of an Italian thing too, that it's kind of bigger than Christmas Day even. Like Christmas Day is just kind of like lazy and don't do anything. Um, but a, one tradition that our family does normally is go to the city and we'd see the tree and like, that was like when I was in high school, that's like when I like, oh, got something at Starbucks. Like, you know, it was just fun. Like our whole family gets something at Starbucks, like with my cousins and like some family friends. I mean, like a big group of us. So it w- I wouldn't say it was like necessarily every single year, but it was most years. Oh, and fun fact, one of the years I didn't go because I was in college. So it was like tight for me to get there. My family went without me that year. So I was a little mad, and dude, guess you're not even gonna believe this. The tree in Rockefeller Center was from my hometown. Like, what are the chances of that? And that's the year they went without me. And then when I came back, I was still working. Like, so I kind of like didn't take because what am I gonna do? Drive in by myself and see it? Like, so right. I didn't do it. So I didn't go and see it that year. And it's the year it was from Flanders, New Jersey. And like, uh, how did I not see it? But um, yeah, but that's one that we do is like go to the city and you see all the decorations and. You know, it, that's fun to us. My pastor growing up was uh, Italian, <clears throat> and uh, he had, like, 10 kids. So, oh, like, wow. Christmas Eve was was the thing. I don't – I think I, – actually, I think I was just talking to Pastor Jeff about this. I don't ever remember us having a Christmas Eve service because of the fact Christmas Eve is when they would do – and maybe we did, and I just don't remember, but Christmas Eve is when they would do all of their f- exchanging of gifts and yeah, yeah. And, and all that. So, um, so yeah, I think that is – I think that's like either an Italian thing or it's like 
like a little bit of it. Do you guys do like the seven fishes? Uh, yeah, I guess we do. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I Feast think I think food. we do that. Or I don't know if we do all of them, but it's sea. There's a lot of seafood. A lot yeah. of seafood. Yeah. So, I'd yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I love Christmas. Love talking about all this stuff. But let's spend some time talking about the message um, and some questions that we have and stuff about that. So, you know, continuing week two of our series, the gift, and we talked about frankincense and Jesus being our high priest. So I preached yesterday about this and, um, you know, talked about what that means, Jesus being our high priest, which we can unpack a little bit more. Um, and I read from Hebrews, which is kind of a lot to say. Hebrews is like pretty dense book of the Bible, like a lot to say, a lot to think about, which is cool. But one of the first things that I was talking about was the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. And I just want to put this out there too. Uh, the quote I shared was from Craig Rochelle, and I should have said that in my sermon. I kind of feel like, I don't know why I didn't say that, but until we understand the holiness of God, we'll always take a casual approach to sin. I thought that was a great quote. Um, but anyway, so God's holiness is completely different from our sinfulness. But Pastor Jamal, you had a good point that actually maybe instead of me summarizing it, you could probably just say it. And then no, yeah, I thought that um, yeah, point. I mean, it's I thought uh, the message was really good. Uh, by the way, it was pretty nice. dope. And uh, I think with the point one, you know, the holiness of God versus the sinfulness of man, something that definitely, you know, it's like it's a core uh, core thought within theological our theological uh, understanding and belief system. I think that maybe sometimes some people may say. Oh, well, what about our holiness? You know, like because the Bible clearly talks about us also being holy, um, talks about us, you know, it seemed to have some sort of um, there's a sense of uh, righteousness and holiness that's been imputed to us because of Christ Jesus. And so how can we be completely, you know, um, sinful or like, you know, how how does how do you reconcile this particular first thought with the scriptures that talk about us as, you know, um, church people being holy as well. So that was, I thought that I had that, you know, goes into me. Yeah, that's a great point because I didn't really touch that. Yeah, just talking about the sinfulness of man and you could you would use theological words like the depravity of man. We can't save ourselves. We're utterly sinful and helpless. But right, like Peter says that we're a holy priesthood. Uh, even talking about Jesus being our high priest, he says that we are priests in the New Testament and right that we are to be holy as God is holy and stuff. Yeah, actually it's first Peter chapter two. I brought it up before when we had mentioned it, but but you are God's chosen and special people. You are a group oh hold on. It's the wrong version. Oh. Let me read from a little bit more or less uh loosely. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I think that really ties in too, like the idea we're holy, but our holiness isn't just for the sake of holiness, but to be called to be declaring the light to the darkness, you know? So Yeah, and it's something that I think about like Christians being holy, like is important and that was very important. It's always been important to me, but like in high school, I thought that was a big deal. Like, are you different than the people around you? Like there are some really easy ways to be different than you people around you when you're in high school, because everybody talks this way. Everybody acts this way. We talk about people this way and you can just not do those things and be holy. That's part of your witness. But on a theological level, it is interesting because I actually heard somebody talking about different Christian circles and they said kind of how like in, 
Protestant circles, so like our world, we emphasize more our depravity and we can't do anything and we're helpless and don't take any credit. It's all God. God does it all. Which, you know, I mean, obviously we agree with that. But like, so we emphasize that where he was saying, and I don't know this from experience, he was saying in Orthodox Christian circles, like Eastern Orthodox say, they actually emphasize more our responsibility not our responsibility to save ourselves, but our responsibility as a result of what God has done. So, yeah, you couldn't do anything to save yourself. God has saved you. So take up your cross already. So go do something. What do you, change the world now? And that's their our responsibility to that is what's more emphasized in those circles, which is kind of interesting. So it is important to that you bring that up because we are to be holy. We need to be intentional about our holiness and be measuring ourselves correctly. Um, but I guess we don't want to come to a place where we begin to think that, that that's why Jesus has saved me. That's why I have the Holy spirit or the, now we start to, we don't measure ourselves to other people like I'm better than you or something. So it is both of those things. Yeah. Right. It's the attention to manage and to make sure that, um, we have a healthy understanding of who we are, um, uh, both as depraved human beings and as God's chosen people. Uh, like that's, you know, that, 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 uh, affords a sense of humility. And like you said, responsibility, um, as the people of God within the kingdom of God, uh, to carry ourselves in a certain way, um, and to give honor to God, you know, like, you know, if there is anything holy in me, it's not because of me, but it's because of a righteous and a good God. And that's, you know, that's part of the gospel. So, yeah, I think one of the reasons, too, that we um, like growing up in church, like you see phases happen. And at one time there was a big push on holiness. And I think what happened is holiness then became a set of do this, do that, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot about external behavior and not necessarily about internal whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why now modern, you know, contemporary Pentecostal churches tend to not emphasize holiness because we got so caught up in if you go to the movies that's not holy if you play cards that's not holy you know and so um so just just throwing in there like you don't want to be careful that when we talk about holiness it's not just about external what we do and don't do but it's more about our heart being right before god and seeking him more than stuff that's a great point. Yeah. And even like church emphasis and phases of time makes a lot of sense. And obviously in the context of the message too, kind of just, mm, I guess, explaining the content. Uh, how do I want to word this? I get like, like in regards to salvation in the human condition, I guess, like in a general sense. So, um, yeah, I didn't unpack, you could say kind of the next step now. Now we have access to God's presence. We need to continue in holiness the verse I read actually kind of says that verse 11, no verse 10, but I didn't, you know, emphasize that for yesterday. So, but that's a great point. So, um, but you know, so even talking about that, you know, we talked about priests in the old Testament representing the people to God and kind of their responsibilities. And I just wanted to ask you guys, cause I felt like I got, I, I feel like I got this before I was even like a pastor, just like as a Christian, but do you ever experience people like asking you to like talk to God for them or like, can you put a good word in for me or like s- joking and not joking? Like you ever get that? Like you are serving as the priest for them. Can you, can you pray for me, Pastor? Jamal? Yeah, no, I've definitely. So I, I mean, oof, I, I, don't, I still kind of am bothered by this one to this day. Cause I, I was like fresh out of Bible college. I was new to 
New Jersey Northeast. I didn't know a lot about Catholicism and um, the, the 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 heavy roots that are kind of like in a lot of the Northeast. And so I remember one young girl um, asking me, she's like, hey, you know, my grandfather is about to die. Can you pray that he makes it into heaven? And I was like, well, I don't have I don't I don't have that authority. Like, like I'm like I like that's I don't that's not what I do. That's not my role. Like I, I think it's a it's one of those things where, you know, his relationship with Jesus is the key. Um and she was like looking at me really confused. She's like, No, I just I just need you to pray that he makes it in and I'm like, Okay. And she's like, No, can you like pray to God and ask God to let him into heaven? I'm like, Yeah, I, I don't I can't do that. That's not what I do. Like it's it's 100% about his confession and belief. Like I was, and I remember saying that to her and she just was, she looked utterly confused and she didn't come back. That was also like, yeah. so I've never yeah. forgotten that. And I was just like, what? Like, I was like, what happened? I don't understand. And it wasn't, I think it was, I asked Miss Lisa. I was like, um, can you help me understand this? Because Miss Lisa, you know, she has Catholic background and she comes from, the Catholic Church, and so she was like, oh, yeah, no, this is, yeah, she's like, that's kind of like a thing, like, in this kind of, like, understanding and belief, and I, I didn't know, and I felt horrible. I think I was, like, so it was, like, maybe this spring, so it was, like, a March when that happened, April, when that happened, and I had just gotten there, like, in November, so it was literally, yeah, like, yeah. months on the job. There was, I felt so horrible, because I think now, like, having a little bit more, uh, season to my to my life now i could i would have responded to that differently i would have you know maybe made the emphasis that hey you know what i pray that god that you know he would have an encounter with the lord for sure absolutely and then just kind of re-emphasize the idea that it is a personal relationship but that i would right. definitely still pray for him and i i just was right. like no I, 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 that's not what i do so bum, bummer salad on that on that part so hmm. yeah yeah i get that sometimes like uh where people are uh, here's the most obvious example I mean, it's goofy and silly, but like when we gather for birthdays in my family, <clears throat> you're always like, Todd, you pray. Todd, you pray. Pray yeah. for dad. Pray for your brother. Pray that for your sister for birthdays. <laughs> when we went out to eat, they're like, well, I guess you can pray, ma'am. <laughs> okay. And sometimes I'm like, no, you can you can pray for your wife. Or <laughs> you know, like, it's okay. It's, yeah. You can pray. But I, I think that's where, it, where I find it sometimes is where like – well, you're the pastor, you pray, because maybe my prayers matter more. I don't know, but y you know what I mean? But it's like, it's like there is no, there, like Jesus was, and this is where this whole conversation is leading, is like we don't need the priest to pray in our behalf. Like we can go to God directly mm -hmm. ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I've just gotten that like my whole life for whatever reason. My one friend in high school, well, back when you had speed dial, because you don't have speed, <laughs> you don't need speed dial anymore, but uh he'd be like matt you got god on speed dial i'm like uh well no i'm like actually it takes longer to like put him on speed dial <laughs> and i was like by the way like it's just as easy for you no nah, man no nah, you talk to him for me <laughs> but like uh yeah and i had a friend similar to like similar situation to what you said pastor jamal and uh yeah i prayed with him which was great you know i mean he was like open it, it was cool i was a friend that i talked to a lot about god and he just whatever but then his grandfather got sick and was like, Matt, can you pray for him? I was like, yeah, we prayed right there and it's cool. So, um, yeah, but uh, it is cool. Like you said, Pastor Todd, um, you know, because of the work of Jesus, we don't need somebody to go on our behalf. Um, you know, we can come right to him. 
And actually, that's a good next question that I had because uh, while I was working on the sermon, I was talking with you, Pastor Jamal. We were going back and forth. I was bouncing some ideas off you. I a lot of times bounce ideas off you, Pastor Todd. Um, but you kind of brought this up, Pastor Jamal, and it crossed my mind. And I don't know how to, I don't know what to say quite to this, but kind of like, okay, Jesus is our high priest, and what he did was final, permanent, you know. So, does that mean Jesus can just step aside now? He's done. Um, you know, like maybe you have another way of wording that, but kind of like, he okay, he he can be out of the way because he he gave us access or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. There's this idea I think sometimes within Christianity, like, oh, Jesus did this thing, so now what do I need Jesus for? You know, like what do I need? Uh, if the work is done, do is there a necessity for me to maintain some sort of relationship with Jesus? Right. Um, and I think that um. I don't know if that makes you not a Christian. Um, so this is my uh, personal opinion. Uh, to not maintain a relationship with Jesus, uh, but rest in the finished work of Jesus, I wouldn't say that makes you not a Christian. Uh, I would just say that you're probably doing Christianity poorly. <laughs> uh, like, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if that yeah. eliminates this idea of salvation. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I would say that in regards to walking in your faith uh, um, on a daily basis, to not have a personal relationship with Jesus like every single day, like making that that daily connection with him and uh, building on that intimacy. I would think that you're um, you're not living your best life. <laughs> I would say that I guess the, is, the, is how I would phrase it. So but I think that there are people who believe uh, they're like, you know, all right, good. It's done. So I'm good. I can walk away from this. It's over. And, and and that's not I, I don't think that that's the way to go about a relationship, period. Like uh, if if you or so, you know, if any of us decided, hey, you know what? I love my wife, but I'm only going to talk to her on Sundays. I would I, I would be hard pressed to see that that relationship would continue to grow and flourish to the fullest that it could be if it wouldn't actually hurt you <laughs> I, I and and the my cra- your life might start to get worse yeah it might get bad you might you, she might stop cooking she might stop you know like i don't know and i'm just talking i'm just talking like i'm being i'm trying to be funny but like the reality yeah i'm like, trying to be goofy but like yeah, yeah. I, but the reality is is the relationship would suffer greatly yeah the idea behind seeing the full extent of that relationship like blossom and bloom and be everything that it could possibly be is gone if you do not in some regards you know maintain that relationship like so i feel that um but i do believe that there are people who think that way they think oh well i, I don't need this day i don't all right great jesus did it for I'm me great i'm done that's it i'm done like i don't well, need and you know why because because even from what i just said i think reveals it's like it is about that relationship but in so in the marriage example, I think that's why I said that, because it's like, oh, well, if you only talk to her once a week, well, that relationship's not even going to work out. But that's if you're just in it for you. How do I word it? It's like your life will get worse. Like in your mind, like maybe it's like, well, it's more work to have a relationship with God or like I'm not interested in that. I just want to go to heaven. But right in the case of your spouse, if you don't talk to them, like that's not just that's not just what I'm missing out on. If you're married and then you don't talk to them, like you're, it's probably going to be even worse for you. So you're not doing it because of selfish reasons. You're saying, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't really care about us going any deeper or something. 
But then that own selfish reason to not do it is now your your life is worse. And and all that is to say it's the wrong perspective anyway. The perspective is the relationship. I'm not in this marriage for me only. Right. You know. Right. And I mean when Jesus says sometimes we are like that with God. No, we are. And and I I think that um when Jesus says, you know, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly or some versions say life to the full, I believe the only way you reach that fullness is through daily communication, constant communion with the son. Yeah. Well, and I think the problem is, is a misunderstanding of the gospel. The gospel is not just about you getting to heaven. Right. And I think people think, you know, some people like all they have in their mind, because maybe that's all they've ever heard, Mm. you know, is, you know, uh, except Jesus go to heaven, except Jesus go to heaven. And there's not really a lot of consideration for, okay, but, it's not just about getting to heaven. It's about living now in this world. And it's salvation is the beginning. That's not the necessarily the end goal, although sometimes we do push it for the end goal. But once you're a believer, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's a whole lot more of like, well, well, now that I'm the child of God, what does that mean? And it's not just, well, I'm going to heaven. So, that's And that's it. why I shared that verse yesterday. Again, actually, the high priestly prayer is what it's referred to by Jesus, but where he says eternal life is to know God and then know the one he sent, Jesus Christ. And so, like, even this idea of eternal life, it you have it now if you know Jesus. And that's, it's like, you know, I didn't, this wouldn't have made sense to go there in the sermon, but, like, it kind of crossed my mind if it's like, well, didn't Jesus die for me to go to heaven? Uh a part of me wants to be like, well, do you want to be there anyway? Because it's about knowing him. <laughs> like That's what it's about. So why are you going to be upset if it's like, well, that's not fair. Or like, well, I thought it should be like this. Like he says eternal life is to know him and be with him. So like having a relationship with him. So if you're not interested in that now, why do you want to go there? Like that's yeah. what we're going to do. And even like the idea of like it's knowing him. Uh, in Colossians, we read where it says, the son is the image of the invisible father. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the father, and I think most people will be like, yeah, I want to know God. You yeah. know, if you want to know him, then you have to spend time with the son because he is the image of the father. And right. that's how we get to know what God is like by getting to know Jesus and what he is like and, and having a relationship with him. Right. And Jesus emphasizes that when he is with his disciples after he's resurrected. He's in the room, and he tells them, listen, you know the way. You know the way to where I'm going, and you have seen the Father. And and Thomas is like, wait, we've seen the Father? And he's like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like, yeah. He's like, what? like I can, I can imagine my man Thomas being like, bruh, that's crazy. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel as though just, to, you know, re, you know, just kind of, I'm agreeing with your point, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, um, Jesus himself said, listen, you see me. This is what you've seen. You know, um, we are united in this. So, and yeah. for those people who are like, well, I can just read the Bible and learn about God. But all of Scripture points to Jesus. It does. He <laughs> so, says that, right? So. He's even he one of my favorite verses in the Bible, I believe it's in Mark, might be chapter four. But Jesus literally hammers into the pharisees and he says you diligently search the scriptures as if they are the key to life when in fact the scriptures testify about me it's like one of the dopest i uh, have that like box in my bible too because i'm like 
you know, like for me, I am at risk to do that, to yes. search the scriptures and think that's where my life comes from. It's from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's just to point you to me. I'm the one. I am the one yeah. that you yeah. have life and meaning and purpose. And even what you said about the resurrection, I think is cool. Like in the book of John, after he's back from the dead, he's appeared to yeah. them and everything. Then he later goes and he has breakfast with them. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they were like, oh, it was really him and everything. And then there's these conversations that take place. But I think of that, and again, in the sense of a relationship, that okay, he rose from the dead, so now they can all uh, die and go to heaven. Like, right. no, he he got breakfast. Yeah, they got <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, oh, I'm here to hang out. Like, yeah, man. And, and again, fish. after the resurrection, I'm thinking about too when he was walking with a couple of guys who didn't even recognize him. Yes. And as he was walking with them, he's like, Hey, here's how all the scriptures point to Jesus. Yes. yes. And yes. then all of a sudden, they get done, and he like breaks bread with them, and they're like, Wait. You're Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, then he, and he like, deuced on them. He was gone. He was like, peace out. And they were like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, did our hearts not burn when he was speaking to us? Yeah, yeah. but even that is like they knew the scriptures, but now he's helping them to see, oh, no, 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 the scriptures were all about Jesus, me. You know, you know what I mean? Like that, and that's that's the whole point is that you would know me and then know the Father. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, we're good. I, I was going to say, the last thing I would say is like, um, the original question even that may just be the w- wrong way to approach it or sometimes we can approach it theologically or mechanically okay so Jesus cleared the way to God you know so I guess his work is done I don't really need him anymore it's like whoa come at it from the other end Jesus says he's God Jesus dies on the cross Jesus comes back from the dead Jesus says I'm the way to God wow that's great and then now the writer of Hebrews says Hey, let's let's develop this further. You know what's so cool? Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is the guy. And so you're coming at it from the wrong angle if you're coming from this side and you say, "Oh, well, I guess Jesus, you know, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox." So that means therefore this, you know, you know what I'm saying like we're we're we can be overly systematic in that sense we need a systematic theology. Mm-hmm. Am I explaining that right? I'm listening. Does that make sense? Uh- Finish the thought, and I think... Uh, so we need a developed systematic theolo- theology. Mm-hmm. We need that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can maybe approach it uh, that so way. So systematically. So systematically or mechanically, you mm-hmm. could say, that it... You that know, we leave it there and we don't yeah. have practical, this is how you live now because of that. Or mm-hmm. this is an yeah. informed, you know, transformational life based on the information that you have. Yes? Or, yeah. or it's not just knowledge. Yeah, yeah, like so it's like a living yes. experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the idea of looking at it differently, like think about it, like looking at it differently. Oh, Jesus is God. Jesus saved me. Now I don't need Jesus. Now, now are you saying you also don't need God anymore? Like like to dis- be so dismissive of Jesus and that and then forget that, like, well, the whole point is that, you know, God. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too. So. Right. So if we're right again, I, I I think I know what you're saying. So let me jump back into the theological lane just to kind of drag no, it a little I love bit. The and then you're and then you're no, no, no I'm, I'm thinking like systematic, like yeah. the box so that then we can, you know, move into the 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 the, the lived out expression. But um, so if we're checking the box, right, Jesus, you know, um, you know, comes in, he steps in, he's like, yo, listen, I am the one, right? Testify about me. He goes to the cross for our sins, pays the price. Is his work permanent? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. It, his work is per- permanent. It is something that has been applied. Ba-chow. Like, it is a credit to our account. Um, prior to his death, he says, 
I'm going away. So talking to his disciples in John chapter 14, I believe it is, maybe 15. He says, um, unless I go away, the comforter cannot come. Yeah. So in this regards, you understand that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, my work here, I'm going to do this, this is, and this is a finished work. It is a fixed work, but the marathon continues, right? So it's like we're, it still goes on in the sense that as I go away, the Holy Spirit comes and there's a work that is done through the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that continues until I come again. So it's like, yes. you know, it's, it's not just, a, OK, Jesus did this and now I'm good. But he also says, hey, I'm going to send a helper, yeah. send the comforter. And it's through that relationship, excuse me, that we continue to build intimacy with the father, you know, like and I think that so I'm thinking of it like in, you know, trinitarian you know father son holy spirit like it is a complete work in that sense and the holy spirit is still working in yes. every believer as we continue to trust in him as we live out as you know what you're saying and, and the author of hebrews is saying as we lived out an expressed life of what based on the finished work of jesus yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a great way to put it I don't, I don't have anything to add. That's right, a, well, 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 a good way. That's a great way to put it. So, um, okay. Well, then, and then actually, so still going then from there, uh, how we live that out. I feel that again, the writer to Hebrews did spell that out, and I definitely simplified it for the message. I think like that paragraph, verses nineteen through twenty-five, you could really, really unpack. So, just like I, I did say for the context of the message. I think this is important for us coming to God's presence confidently, consistently, and corporately. But if I was listening to it, I probably would have just wrote this as a question for us. You know, oh, Jesus allows us to come to God's presence. That's great. You know, but isn't God's presence with me? So what do we mean by you have to go to God's presence? Or are we getting this wrong? Or, you know, what would you say to that? I, I would say even though, yes, God's presence is with you, there's still this call from God you know, to us it says, come, draw near to me, James says, and I will draw near to you. Uh, and I would even say that oftentimes when we sin, that's the opposite of what we do, actually. Right? Like we sin, and the, and even though God's presence is with us, we are still supposed to come and confess. That's the opposite of what we do sometimes. We're like, hmm. we're like um, I don't know. We're Adam and Eve in the garden who mm. run and hide. Yes, we run and hide. We're like, oh, man, God hates me or, you know, God's about to strike me down. And then we develop warped theology about, oh, I did this and therefore God's going to punish me by you know, allowing my Amazon package to not come, you know, in time for Christmas. And so yeah. now and then Satan rose the prices on you, Matt. And so <laughs> basically you sinned. And now this Christmas present is not going to be, you know, on time. And I feel like, no, that's not the way um, that's that's no, that's inaccurate. Right. Like, yeah, like things in life sometimes just happen. Like, you know, who knows? I mean, I mean, well, let me. I will say this. I know that there are reports of people in the UK who are actually hijacking uh, Amazon trucks and stealing packages. So <laughs> I don't think that's a work of Satan. Well, maybe it might be. I don't know. But I don't no, think it's, it's a direct. by Satan because you sinned <laughs> yes, on Saturday. Right, right. It's not. That's not how it works. Um, but ultimately, sorry, I got on track. But I just thought about that news report and I was like, that's interesting. People really doing that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, we can't develop a warped theology that God is now somehow out to get us um, be because we've sinned. But what I do see often happening is when we do sin, we're not so quick to 
come confidently, as you said, before God um, and say, hey, I, I've sinned. See, because the beauty about what Jesus as our high priest does is it, it applies to us a sonship and a daughtership that allows for you to come to the father for restoration. But if you are, if Jesus is not your high priest, of course you don't come confidently. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't have that confidence. You don't have that sonship, that daughtership that allows for you to come before your father to be restored. Mm-hmm. You see God as this judge who is going to penalize you, but that's not the way that Jesus wants us to view God. He wants us to see him as a loving father who restores. Hence, you know, uh, the parable of, um, the prodigal son, you, you, he wants you to see this picture of God, our father, and what he himself as a sacrifice, going back to, um, Pastor Jeff's message last week about the myrrh, his sacrifice has now brought forth this way for us to approach the throne uh, with 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 confidence. So, I, I actually had a different direction in my mind when you when you answered that question. I'll take it, take it. Take it. Um, and I think it was maybe more about the the idea of consistently and if God's with me, you know, why do I need to go to Him? You know, sometimes people are with us and we're totally oblivious to them being with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like like um like sometimes your kids are with you and you're just going, you know, going through a store doing whatever and all of a sudden you realize your kid is gone cuz you're totally oblivious to them being with you. Uh even though you know that they're there and I and, and I I think when you ask that question, like what kind of came to mind is God is with us. Uh and w- he can be with us, he can be through us with everything. His presence is with us, but we're not always we're not always focused on him being with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's a shifting of mindset from going for, I'm kind of doing all this thing. God's just tagging along to, to um, now I'm aware of God with me, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. aware of what God wants to speak to me. And, and why do I need to go to him? Because sometimes I really am just oblivious. I, I think about the one time I was in the mall. Um, this is why I was still single. So I'd hang out at the mall sometimes, you know, walk around, whatever. And I was in the mall doing whatever and somebody from church had I, I walked right past them and they waved and said hi Pastor Todd and I just totally like it didn't register at all in my brain because I was so oblivious to the world around me mm-hmm. you know and I, I was on a mission to go to this particular store and I think sometimes we can be like that with God I can be like that with God God is there he's with me but I'm so focused on whatever that I'm totally oblivious and so for me to consciously refocus my attention back to him you know that idea of consistently be trying to be aware of him um i would think that's an important part of us going to god is is re-acknowledging how he's with us and 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 focusing on that and being aware and kind of hanging out in that yeah yeah i like that i like wording it that way um because he's his presence is with us but intentionally focusing on that instead of being oblivious to it and i like what you said well, everything you said, Pastor Mole, but in the beginning, too, where you said about how, well, sinning is the opposite of going to God's presence. So th- I just kind of have like a mental picture of like, you know, if you're a Christian, I guess it's like you're you can say this is not obviously a perfect analogy, but you're living in the house and God's presence. You're in his presence. Mm-hmm. You're living there with him. Maybe he's in the kitchen or something. And but, you know, um, when you sin, it's kind of like walking out the door does that relationship end? Is it over? No, but I walked out and well, I, I, we still have the Holy spirit. I got my phone. God may be calling me 
mm-hmm. I can still talk to him, mm-hmm. but when I sin, I'm walking away from his presence. And again, it doesn't mean all of a sudden now, so he hates me. It's over between us. Like, mm-hmm. no, it just, I like how you said that. It was, so it just gave me that picture of like, so coming to God's presence. Well, I, I do have his presence with me. I can speak to him at any time. I got him on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. It's great. But being intentional about, you know, am I allowing God to speak to me and in, in those things? That just mental picture helped me a little bit. And is there a humility, I think, involved with the idea of, like, I know God's with me, but now I'm going to bring my stuff to him? Like like an acknowledgement of he's with me and I need him to be with me because yeah. I can't quite do this on my own or whatever, yeah. you know, like. Right. I think that so that I think that's what I was trying to say about, like, the idea of confidently coming with a sonship and a daughtership. It's not a sonship and a daughtership like I am prince of this kingdom therefore you must da, da, da. but a sonship and a daughtership it's like hey uh dad I, I i dropped the ball uh i need your help and all right cool no worries son we'll, we'll figure it out like you know like that that to me like is what the is the picture i get and when i think about what jesus has provided for us um and that confidence is not a confidence or an arrogance maybe you, you know it's not an arrogance it's a security that's the word i'm looking for yeah, yeah. it's a security yeah. to to be able to come before God, knowing that your disposition before him doesn't change, that he sees you just the same, um, that he takes your, uh, you know, your brokenness or your mistakes. Uh, and he could sometimes work redemption in ways that you never thought possible. Uh, and, and that's the beauty about the relationship, too. Right. Because oftentimes we sin. We trying to work out. We're trying to redeem this situation on our own, but with our own means and our own hands. But when we place it in the hands of a father uh, who's job is to restore man he works it in ways that you never thought possible and honestly anytime we try to do it in our own power we rob god of the opportunity to be god and flex his glory and flex everything that he is um in those moments so like that's what it's when i think confidently it's a security like man i could securely come before him and know that i'm not I'm not going to be tossed out like trash. You know what I'm saying? He still sees me. He's like, no, we we got it. We could put it together. Yeah. And let's be honest. If we could have fixed it, we would have by now. The (laughs) world would be a whole better, (laughs) a lot of a better place, but we not so good at that. So that, that's part of like, like that humility is being like, look at the mess I made, God. (laughs) A sermon the other day by Tim Keller. And he was talking about a lot of things, but when he says, when Jesus is talking about coming to him, like a little child with your faith, and all these things, and you trust God, and he's like, you know, why are you upset? Why are you angry about stuff? Because you you think you know how to run it. You think you're mad at this person because they should have acted this way, and they didn't. They didn't act the way you thought they should, so that's why you're mad at them. Yeah. He's like, you have to just let go of you think every, you know how everything should go, mm-hmm. and you trust God like a child because God knows how everything should go. That's why we're frustrated, and that's what we're upset about. I was like, oh, man. Whoa, 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 wait. When I pray the Lord's Prayer, I pray, my will be done, though, right? That's what I pray. <laughs> that's what my I pray. My will be done in your life. Mm, come on, <laughs> you know? Lord. I, come on. I know what I'm doing, Jesus. Yeah. Come on. No, that. I mean, I think that's so true. It, that is kind of like we're asserting ourselves to be God for them. Right. When when we're mad that they didn't conform to us, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Lord, I, 
if you would just give me Jeff Bezos' bank account, we'd be good. You know what I'm saying? I'd be all right. We have everything figured then out. I could really give to missions, God. <laughs> I could really. Then you would never. Then I, I, I would tithe, Lord, because I don't think it'd really hurt me that much. I was going to say, if you had Jeff Bezos' bank account, you would never lose an Amazon package. That, your your package would they be they would deliver that straight to your door. They'd right. be like, uh, Mister Mister Jones, sir, here's a CEO of uh, Amazon. Here's your package <laughs> that you just ordered. Thank you very much. That's I appreciate right. it. <laughs> <laughs> and never lose my packages ever. Again. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, you know, I, I guess I do want to ask one more before we wrap up. Yep. Just about that last one where it talks about corporately, coming to God's presence corporately. You know, a lot of times we talk about a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with Jesus, and we've talked about it today even. So why do I need to come to God corporately? You know, if I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying at home, man, you know, God's spoken to me even. Um, you know, I've achieved it. I, I have the personal relationship with Jesus. What's the whole deal? What do I need at church? Why do I have to do that? You know, I think the podcast today is a perfect example of that. We've looked at scriptures and each of us were like, oh, this is how it spoke to me. And Pastor Jamal was like, well, this is what came to mind with me that maybe it wouldn't have even occurred to me without him being my brother and, and us being in community where he's speaking, you know. I think sometimes, like, why do I need, why do I need community? Why do I need to do it corporately? Well, it's partly because we don't see the whole thing, and our experiences are so different. I need other people's experience to help me grow, because maybe they've read scripture and something jumps out to them that never would have occurred to me. And I've got tunnel vision about about my own experiences with scripture that needs to be that needs to be widened, mm-hmm. and that yeah. widening happens. When others are like, yeah, no, God was speaking to me about this, and this is what stood out to me in this that that I never would have gotten without without you know each other. And if we're being honest too, like if you read the Bible, community is the theme. Like, yes, ultimately from the top to bottom, it's about community. God establishes this covenant with Israel and and within that he's like all right cool this is how you're going to conduct yourselves as a unit this is the goal um and there's like pretty some pretty strict rules in regards to how you function together as a unit and there's even you know God goes so far as to say cool all right if you're going to have a foreigner come in this is how we're going to do it you know someone who's not from this land but guess what he doesn't say that they're not allowed he says no you know what they're going to come in this is how it's going to happen and you will integrate them. You will fully accept them into, you know, um, into the into the fold. And it, that thread runs all the way through to Revelation, because ultimately, right before Jesus leaves, he tells, you know, um, you know, he tells uh, the disciples, he says, um, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Right. And that goes in line with everything about if you understand Jewish customs. Right. And Jewish kind of like the way that they function as a just a knit like together unit jesus is using the imagery of what they already understand hey you understand that um if a son goes to um get married the father will build an addition onto his house and then the son will go take a wife and bring that wife back and they will live in that addition it is like yeah come on we we build putting mm-hmm. on additions on here and more additions and so jesus is using that imagery to say in my father's house there are many rooms and it, there are many additions because him being the first you know the first son it 
And we being the bride, it is the li- the perfect picture of that yeah. idea of coming together. Like he is going to get his bride, the church. And when he comes back, there's going to be a room or many rooms waiting. And so that's that idea of community It from, from beginning to end. You just see it. So I feel like it's what we're supposed to, to do. You know? so. Yeah, I, that's cool. I haven't heard that passage explained like that before, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great way to understand that. Uh, and also, yeah, right. Like, I love how you worded that, you know, right. Like community is the theme of the Bible. So, I mean, if you're reading it, you're not going to be able to live out most of it if you're just doing it by yourself. And so, yeah, if God's speaking to you, got you're reading your word and you're praying, um, you should be seeking community then too. And accountability, that's how we grow. That's how we get better. And I guess if you think you don't need any of those things, you're saying, yeah, I'm at a place that, um, well, right, I'm beyond that. Like I'm, you know, God tells me everything I need to hear and I read it. And But yeah, that's how you're going to live out God's word to its fullest um, I- in community. So, yeah. yeah. And with the community, like family language yeah. is used a lot throughout scripture. Yeah. Yes. You know, sons, daughters, adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Father, you know, um, brothers and sisters. The idea of communion. Communion, if you think about it, just like an idea of s- a family coming together around a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, sitting down together, eating a meal together, you know, like family does. So, so I, I just, I think you can't, you can't get around the idea of God chose images in scripture for a reason. And family is one of those languages that he speaks constantly mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just on a, just like on a just like practical level, like we as human beings have a tendency to create echo chambers, you know, where we say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to surround myself with a bunch of people who sound like me, believe like me, speak like me. So that we can all be in agreement. Yes, this, you know, crunchy peanut butter is the only peanut butter you should ever have, which, <laughs> if I'm being honest, is really the truth. Um, <laughs> just saying, crunchy peanut butter. Crunchy sun butter. Bro, crunchy we don't peanut, have peanut butter. butter in our right, listen, you know what? And this is <laughs> allergies. What, <laughs> allergies. That's true. That's true. That, right. Okay. So, perfect example, right? In my mind, I'm like, crunchy peanut butter is the only thing you have, or the only thing you should have. Pastor's like, well, actually, let's talk about sun butter because. Let's not kill my daughter. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my daughter has allergies to peanuts. I love the people in my family. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. So, like, if I were to say, I want Pastor Todd's family over for, you know, let's, I want to meet up with Pastor Todd's family for a picnic and we're going to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, if I cared about his family, I would say we're going to have sun butter and jelly sandwiches um, because I want to, you know, I want to listen to him and I want to hear that and say, let, all right, great. I, l- I want to learn from him in that regards and how I can be a better brother to his family and um, their situation. Yeah. So. And that's what I meant by tunnel vision. Yeah. Like yeah sometimes yeah. we just, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all. Some really great stuff, guys. It's been a great discussion. Um, you know, I even had some Bible nerd stuff for us to get into, but I feel like we talked about some really great stuff, so um, that was really important. But uh, real quick, some of the, your thoughts. I'm sure you saw some of these new Disney Plus shows for Star Wars and beyond, actually. A couple other properties. But uh, pretty yeah. hyped. I don't know. you got a show you're looking forward to? Listen, I, I am... <sighs> superheroes I'm into Star Wars stuff I'm into I, I just can't wait until DC decides to catch up <laughs> Tough. yeah see they went backwards by 
canceling DC Universe. Like, yeah, I know, I know, it's disappointing. But you know what's not disappointing? The idea of an uh, an Ahsoka like spinoff. Oh yeah, yeah. they, they, they yeah, can't yeah. lose with that. Come on. Yeah, I think I'm I'm waiting on Kenobi. Ken- I mean, I was already excited for Kenobi, but I think what took it to the next level for me was <clears throat> seeing that that the goat has returned. Hayden, oh, yeah. Hayden Christensen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now that he's coming back to reprise his role as Darth Vader, I'm I'm gassed for it, honestly. And I think it's only going to be like 10 episodes or something. or uh, Like a mini-series. A mini-series. Okay, yeah. so so honestly, like, I'm super gassed for that because yeah. I'm like, bro, the, Obi-Wan, first off, people don't give Obi-Wan respect. One of the best lightsaber duelists out there. Like, That's right. And honestly, if we're being honest... He's got a he's got a body on his he's got a body under his belt. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guess technically not really, but according at the time we thought. Listen, uh, careful! <laughs> I, I just stopped. I just stopped. I just stopped. I just stopped. I don't know. Yeah, people sometimes he uh, does. He has a body. He has under a body his belt. under. You know what? He does because especially when you watch, if you watch Rebels, he's got a body. Put that. Put, Okay, but that, he's got a body on so. his. He's got a body on him. But but body, you don't mean abs. You no, mean no, I mean body. He's like defeated, like he's, he's defeated. Not just defeated somebody, like killed, kill, like actually put them in the dirt. Okay, I, I feel thought like you meant abs. No, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought you meant this whole time. No, sorry. No. I, by body, I mean he's got a body count, like he's killed somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. definitely got a body. He's, he's got, got a body. He's got one and a bunch of droids. Yeah, a bunch of droids. General Grievous. Is he al- was he alive? I I don't know what the yeah he was a cyborg, and Obi Wan killed him. Okay, a cyborg. Yeah, he did have right. meat. Right. He did have yeah. meat. Yeah, he had a brain and a heart. And a heart. Much just all right, yeah, cool, cool. So, yeah. all right, so we'll put that body, we'll put that yeah. body in his in his, yeah. put that um, on his on his tab too. He got a couple bodies in his in his count. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about um, the the. Well, it's not Clone Wars, but it's it's the Bad Bunch now. Bad it's going to be batch. the Bad yeah. Batch, yeah. which is going to be some of the clones who didn't quite turn out the way they had planned, and like that's exciting, you know. Yeah. So much. The so Kenobi much. series is my number one, obviously, but I just feel like it goes without saying. So then, my other one would be the Andor series, Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I obviously, loved Rogue One, and I loved him. Mm. I just loved Diego Luna as like Cassian Andor. I thought he was great, mm-hmm. and. Uh, also, they said so they're gonna do Indiana Jones five, I guess, which is crazy because he, here's the thing: like I love Indiana Jones. Okay, but the fourth one came out twelve years ago, and they played up all the he's old now jokes, and he was like sixty, he was like probably like mid sixties mm-hmm. then, because I think he's like getting close to eighty now. Okay. So like, I love Indiana Jones. I am not trying to be a hater, but I. But I'm just trying to be realistic and say, like, what are they gonna do? I, yeah. I just don't know. And, and who's his? So I didn't see the last one, but Shia yeah. LaBeouf was his son. Yes, which which Harrison Ford has said, Shia LaBeouf is not becoming Indiana Jones. They're not gonna make a movie where he becomes Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Now maybe he doesn't have control over that, but Harrison Ford is like, I'm Indiana Jones. If he wants to make his own movie about Shia LaBeouf being an adventurer, mm-hmm. he can. But I'm Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. He he has said that before. I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you would I, think, oh, he'll pass the baton. It's like, okay. yeah, Shia LaBeouf isn't really in a place to. Yeah, he's got that, some things so. going on. So you know, yeah. prayers for him, and hopefully, it gets worked out or he gets whatever. But yeah, so it, he'd be a tough sell, I think, as a lead on on any project right now. Yeah, so, right now, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, last thing, shout out to my um, 
Well, I guess sister-in-law. I don't usually call her that. Rebecca's sister, Hannah, got me some Star Wars Advent socks. Nice. Ah. For the 12 days of Christmas. Nice. So oh. day one was today. They're Death Star socks. Mm. <laughs> I got them on now. No, there you go. Well, I think Death Star would be the end there. Oh. <laughs> the end of Christmas. No. Oh, and happy Hanukkah to those of you guys who celebrate Hanukkah who hey. are listening as well. So, all right. We'll see you next time. This has been Pastor Matt. Pastor Jamal. Pastor Todd. We'll see you later. Peace.